Elderly patients are lovely patients. Let's start our journey into gerodontology. Why is this discipline needed at all? I think there's a lot happening in that area that's very passionate. Can't young and old be treated with the same dentistry? Well, what do you think about pediatric dentistry? Is that a specialty? Professor Frauke Miller has the answers. So Frauke, it is a really special pleasure for me to do this podcast with you today. You and I, we know each other already for many years, and we met first time at a consensus conference. And we are doing today's podcast together with my colleague, Ron, who is from Geistlich USA. And Ron will now take over and start with the first part of our conversation. Thank you, Friedrich. And also thank you, Frauke, for participating in this conversation. It's a pleasure to meet you as well. So I'll start with, it's a question, but it has a few parts to it. So you head the Department of Gerontology and Removable Prosthetics at the University of Geneva. So I think most of the audience is familiar with the concept of prosthodontics, but we want to talk to you a little bit further about the field of gerontology. And also, if you can tell us a little bit about the program, how many programs like this exist in the world, and how this field might differ from country to country. Thank you. That's a very interesting question. In fact, when I was a young assistant, my head of department always said, because I'm trained traditionally as a prosthodontist, he always said, you know, Frauke, we all gerodontologists and prosthetics, all our patients are old. But in fact, it's it's not really like that because, yes, you're missing teeth when you're older and the likelihood of tooth loss is increasing with age. But then today's edentulous and today's partially edentulous patients, they're quite different from the ones we had when I was young assistant. And that's because they lose teeth today later in life and the life expectancy is so much higher. So there is a special patient that we call the geriatric patient who is characterized by physiological aging already, but also by multimorbidity often and functional decline. And I think basically when you talk about physiological aging, it's progressive, irreversible and general. That's somebody everybody knows. All the functions in the body diminish with age, the tactile perception, the vision, the dexterity. Um, and uh, this also has an impact on our health, yes, but also on prosthetic treatment that we provide for these patients. And then at some point they will become dependent on uh, help for the activities of daily living. And then if you provide a denture for that sort of patient, you need to have a special design and special considerations. So gerontology really is much larger than that. It is all disciplines of dentistry combined because we also look after root carriers, after dry mouth and um, we have special approaches for these elderly people. And that's why it makes gerodontology an independent specialty. And yes, our program is interesting and quite unique because we don't have many departments, independent departments for gerodontology in Europe. But now, uh, since Geneva has been running for, I think, almost three decades now, more than three decades, we now have also independent departments in Zurich and in Bern. So the discipline is being more more recognized and uh, the university structures are adopting to this new discipline. Do you believe that, you know, based off of the aging population, that this requires a separate field of focus? I mean, do the needs of the elderly 
dramatically differ than just a, a younger patient that might not have the same kind of oral health? How do you look at the differences there? Well, what do you think about pediatric dentistry? Is that a specialty? It's a little bit the same, but at the other end of the age spectrum, but we have a lot of common with pediatric dentistry because uh, the context is different. The informed consent is not obvious. So we have the whole legal context to consider. We have the um, collaboration and the compliance of the patients a little bit similar to pediatric dentistry. And uh, the functioning of the elderly person is so much different that I think it should be a specialty by its own. And it is a very interesting field, but it is a translational field. It collaborates with nutritionists, it collaborates with other disciplines, and also it has a lot of overlapping interests with public health. You had talked about some of the symptoms of aging before. So vision loss or something that Friedrich and I are both sensitive to, which is hair loss or other kinds of things. Can you talk about how it potentially manifests or grows within the oral cavity? What are the signs or indications of aging in the mouth? Well, in the mouth, we have several. Well, first of all, in the general aging, you will have um, all the physiological functions aging. And when we look at the aging of the oral cavity and the orofacial system, we have atrophy of the bones. We have more spongiosa, the bones become more brittle. The atrophy is also concerning the alveolar crest, so the alveolar bone. That is something we have to take into consideration when we place implants, for example. We have an atrophy of the chewing muscles. They lose about 40% of the muscle bulk over the lifetime. They have larger motoric units, motor units. So, in fact, the movements that they can perform are less coordinated and less fine coordinated and less precise. This we have to take into consideration when we define the occlusion for prosthesis for an elderly persons. We have changes in the mucosa that becomes a little more fragile, loses elasticity. We have a lot of changes in the temporomandibular joints because the tuberculum articulare in the joint is also part of the skull. So it, its bony structure, its cortical bone is subject to atrophy. And with that, we have a flattening of the condylar path. But we also have a loosening of the structures of the ligaments. And this together with less precise coordinated movements means that the occlusion we are providing a patient should be giving him a little bit more freedom. Like we have a field where the teeth can arrive when the mandible closes. We don't want the patient to be precisely stuck into a nine-point PK domus occlusion. We have um, changes in the neural system in the central nervous system, and that's mostly uh, concerning the neuroplasticity. And that's something which is extremely important when you provide implant restorations to elderly patients because neuroplasticity may be reduced in elderly patients, and that means that they are less able to adapt their movement patterns to a new reconstructions in the mouth. I give you an example. For example, you replace a complete denture. You make the dental arch a little bit wider. The patient will automatically bite the cheek. They make it a little bit smaller than the previous denture and they will bite the tongue. And of course, the brain cannot easily adapt to the new dental arch. So can I ask, I mean, you've, you've addressed so many of these different kinds of changes that happen in the oral cavity. Do you need to, as a discipline within geriatric care, look at the differences between what you would say insufficient care versus geriatric care? Is there a difference in the way that that is treated? Oh, well, ideally, 
geriatric health shouldn't be insufficient. I don't think this should be even pronounced in the same sentence. One has not got anything to do with the other. Insufficient care is neglect that can happen at any age. It's because the patient is not interested. They have not access to care. They have no motivation for their oral health and they provide probably poor oral hygiene measures. Uh, geriatric care is not the responsibility of the patient. It's their incapacity their inability to perform correct or hygiene. It's their inability to adapt to a new situation, to have a good neuroplasticity. It's their inability to have a good dexterity to clean their denture and so on. So I don't think, I don't think you can put that into the same basket, these two things. Interesting. Okay. So oh, as you're talking, I, there were so many advances over the last 50 to 100 years nutrition and medicine and diagnostics and all these different kind of things that have dramatically improved care of the elderly. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what would be the changes? What would you have done 50 years ago versus not that you were alive, you look very young, but the 50 year ago treatment modality versus what you would be able to do today? I think some 50 years ago, geriatric dentistry was very little developed. And there was a reason for that because the, the patients who became edentulous, they were in their 60s, they were in their 50s. And the average age of a university department uh, of the edentulous patients was um, about 62, 63. And you can find that in the old publication of the average age of the patient cohorts were that participated in studies. And today, this is no longer the case. We have studies on, with patients who are 85, 84, average age. And uh, I think that's quite different. And therefore, I think that has dramatically changed. And what has also changed, and that is due to the progress you mentioned in dental technique, in dental materials, in implant dentistry, is that these patients are keeping their teeth longer in life and they're just losing them later. They still, due to the longer life expectancy, probably at the end of the day, experiencing some tooth loss, although this is not a fatality. Of course, you can keep all your teeth right through to the end of your life if all goes well. So the teeth are made to last for life, but it's still a reality in old age that we do have more and more tooth loss happening in these elderly patients. And before I turn it over to Friedrich for the next round of questions, just in regards to the oral cavity and its aging processes versus the rest of the body, we talked about certain symptoms and other things that happen, but does the oral cavity tend to age sooner or later than the biological expectations of a normal body? I don't think there's data on that. And I think the oral cavity is part of the general organism and it will age the same way. But it is also in younger age cohorts uh, true that often you can see chronic diseases in the mouth and it will be a first indicator of something happening. For example, if you have a neurodegenerative disease, you will lose weight in a very short period of time. And probably the first sign for the patient may not be, oh, I'm demented, I'm getting forgetful. Maybe the first sign will be, oh, my denture drops. And then he comes and sees the dentist and the dentist says, but we've relined this denture some six months ago. This is too soon. And then it turns out that in the anamnesis, there is a weight loss. And why is there a weight loss? And then obviously these patients will be sent for an in-depth investigation into a memory clinic. The second episode has everything on the geriatric implant patient. Stay tuned. <laughs>